We are back with the 16th version of the footy pod. Today's guest is Gavin Moll. Gavin is a sport performance director at Titans FC, where he also coaches the 2002 boys, 2006 boys, 2009 boys, and 2009 boys white teams. Gavin and I first got to know each other actually on the pitch, where our two teams competed against one another, and um, we just clicked right away, and I knew that he'd be a great guest to have on the show to share his story about growing up in England, playing in the youth academy at West Bromwich Albion, uh, making the transition into coaching, and then later spending some time as a youth coach in the Manchester City Academy. And that was right around the time that Pep Guardiola took over, so he shares a little bit of insight into, you know, kind of the things that were going on around the club at that time, and and uh, also how there was already a sense of culture change as soon as Pep took over. So really interesting stuff. Um, he obviously is going to talk about what he does now with Titans, uh, how his passion for nutrition is kind of helping to uh, fuel his his new role at Titans and, and how he's going to help grow the club. So really good stuff from Gavin on this episode. I'm, I'm really happy that he decided to come on the show. Um, make sure you listen all the way through. You will not want to miss a minute of this episode. The audio will get kind of bad towards the end, so just bear with us. Uh, try to ignore the overlap that you'll hear on a lot of it. And 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 just do your best to, to follow along and, and understand uh, the dialogue. So, hope you enjoy. Gavin Mole, thank you for being here, man. How is your quarantine treating you? <laughs> uh it's uh it's going good you know it's uh gets a bit challenging boredom kicks in but uh no it's all good Definitely. how about you yeah yeah I mean I know what you mean you know us as soccer coaches like we want to be on the pitch and it's just it sucks not being able to be on the pitch there's only so much content you can take in online only so many games you can watch where you're just like man I just want to like actually feel it you know and actually you know be there to train the kids to you know coach games whatever it may be so yeah it's yeah very true but you know definitely just trying to stay productive and and uh and make sure that we're setting ourselves up so that when we come back you know we're we're better prepared um and yeah just really just trying to get better you know come back better than we were before so using this time to our advantage yeah me too yeah good to hear so I know you're kind of stepping out of your comfort zone a little bit by doing this podcast. So I want to say, I appreciate you doing that. It's just going to be a casual little chat, you know, looking forward to hearing more about your story and your upbringing and, and how uh, that's led you to the path that you're on now. So uh, let's start with, you know, your, you growing up, what part of England are you from? Uh, I'm from uh, Birmingham, um, which is uh, in the West Midlands. Um, well, I, I say that, I probably shouldn't say that on a podcast because I'm not actually from there, and, uh, but uh, I guess most people just won't know the exact area Okay. where, where I'm from. Uh, yeah, it's in, in that Birmingham area, okay. West Midlands. Yeah, don't want to discredit your, your, your true hometown. <laughs> so who do you support? Yeah. What club do you support? 
Uh, you find this one interesting. I don't actually have a team that I support. Really? Um, what's so, that? Yeah, we we have about five. I think there's about five um, professional teams within maybe 15 minutes of where I'm from. Yeah, there's just so much. But, to from. Yeah, no. Well, I think my well my family supports uh, Aston Villa okay. and West Brom, and I grew up kind of just supporting United because of just I like watching them play, yeah. and um, I just I just liked how they played the game. And then um, when kind of I stopped playing football, I kind of just stopped supporting anybody. And yeah. just um, so I now I just watch as a neutral and makes it a bit easier, I guess, so a bit less stressful. For yeah. you, is it more of like, you know, you because for me, I also don't really have a, a team that I support. There are obviously teams that I like because I, you know, like the manager, or I like their style of play or I like some players that they have. But I don't really have like a team that I like fully support. So for you, yeah, is it kind of the same thing where you just you just love all of it and you just want to follow all of it. And as a coach, you just want to be able to, you know, study it from different perspectives without having that. No, uh, no. Nah, nah. Again, like it's, it's, it's interesting because like as a coach, um, I and I've said this to the parents of my teams. So I'm not sure if they believe me or not. Like I'd much prefer go watch my U11 boys team lose eight nil than watch a premier league game really like yeah it's um i like i like watching the game and and, and i like um studying it and trying to improve as a coach and stuff but um I, I just find the games changed a lot i find it pretty boring a lot of the times when i'm watching games and um so yeah i'd much rather be out there just coaching myself than uh, than watching the games that's that's interesting is it because it's just turned into more of a you know, ball dominant game where teams are just keeping it away from each other and it's just kind of slowed down. Do you like the more like fast paced style or what is it exactly that, that makes you think it's boring now? Yeah. I mean, yeah, this, the Premier League is, uh, is definitely still the most sort of the fastest paced and most intense, like you, like you said, uh, I think, but um, yeah, the game's just evolved so much in terms of the tactical aspect of it which is great as a coach because you learn an awful lot and, and you see uh, how people are doing things. But but uh, just as a neutral supporter, when you're watching a game, um, and sometimes, you know, it's just, um, yeah, it's just too, it's just too boring for me. Yeah. Um, you know, but um, it's it, like, it's fascinating at the same time as it's boring. But yeah, I'm a, I could watch the games, but uh, I used to, as a kid, I mean, on Saturdays, I must have used to watch every game on the TV, Sunday, every game on the TV, midweek games. But yeah, that's just changed. I still watch quite a bit, but just not the same as I used to, you know? Yeah, yeah. I guess it does add a lot more whenever you have, you know, a passion for a specific team. Like, that can apply to others yeah. as well. There's a lot of people that are just, like, casual sports watchers, and, you know, that's because yeah. they don't really have a team that they invest in. So that obviously adds a lot to yeah. it. So, but, but also, I think it's just, like, because of coaching – and even in England as well, different jobs I had, I've pretty much worked weekends now for the for the past 10 years. So like you just naturally start to watch less of it. And then so you just kind of like anything, when you start to see it or do it less, it just kind of goes away a little bit, you know. That's true. Yeah, I definitely don't watch as many of the Saturday morning, you know, Sunday morning Premier League games or just whatever's on. I try to as much as I can for sure, but you know, coaching obviously on the weekends, a lot of times they're going to conflict with those games. So you just don't get to watch them. And then, you know, you don't have the time to go back and watch them. So I can see yeah. that kind of a, a lifestyle would, 
and also just being around it all the time too. Maybe, you know, outside of working, you don't want to, you want to kind of uh, disconnect from work. So watching more of it will just keep you connected and doesn't allow you to really disengage. Yeah, that's possible too as well. So you really got to grow up, you know, in that prime United era. Who was your favorite? Uh, yeah, pretty much. You say favorite player? Yeah, who was your favorite player during that time? Uh, Cantona. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, just a genius. Yeah. I love watching Cantona play. He had no pace whatsoever, but he still managed to uh, just be the best player in the field. Just magic when the ball would touch his feet. Yeah, brilliant player. I think he only got like, had like barely any caps for France, I think, as well, because he was just a hothead, as we know. <laughs> yeah, he had a very brief spell, but he made an impact during that time. You know, yeah. you just saying that, like, it didn't even register. Like, if I would have been asked that question, that's not the first player I would have thought of for United. No. Because, you know, there's so many other great players, too. Yeah, there is. So, no, he was, my, he was my favorite one. Yeah. Did you try to like, I guess, model your game after him? What what position do you play as as a as a youth? Uh probably a similar role actually. Yeah, like he's probably one of the first like number tens. So I play as a number ten. Okay. Um, I, as the years have gone by, I've, well, uh, in England, and you kind of play throughout your youth. You play for like multiple teams, pretty much, like school, and then like. Um, if you're good enough, you play for like district, county, and then you also have your club team. And so I actually played at one season on three different teams and I played a different position on all three teams. So it was, um, yeah, I used to play out uh, on a wing, centre midfield, and either as a nine or a 10. So I prefer being the 10, not the number nine. Coaches used to try and put me as the number nine because I'm pretty quick. Yeah. Um, but um, I used to, I just want to be on the ball. Like um, I used to want to, the creator rather than the guy just the smashing balls over the top to <laughs> to run on to because they're fast sure. you know so and did that was that kind of a you know i guess a style that was imposed on you through just being a united fan or was it you know through a coach that you had maybe when you were younger or wh- why did you prefer that way of playing um, I'm not sure to be honest. Just um I guess I just the love of the ball being at my feet, maybe. Um I just I didn't like being out wide. I didn't want to just be stuck up top. I just wanted to be involved. I think mm-hmm. I think uh, again it goes back to the boredom thing. I think I you know, I've tried playing different sports like cricket, baseball, and if I'm not in the action I get pretty bored. Yeah. So um like um so I think yeah, I think a mixture of those things just just kicking the ball around with my dad as a young kid and just always loving dribbling and just wanted to be on the ball, really. I think it's the main reason, not necessarily watching the games. Yeah, you just like being in the action. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so was your dad a pretty big influence on your life in terms of the footballing aspect? Uh, yeah, probably, he's probably the biggest, um, I should say. Um, if he ever listens to this, um, I'll, you can edit that out. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he played as well. He played at a high level um, in semi-pro. He's managed semi-pro and, and stuff um, in England. Um, and yeah, I just always used to pick a ball around with him and, and just w- go to watch him uh, play. I can't remember those games too well until um, 
until I was a bit older. But um, yeah, so he's, he's a big influence, to be fair. That's awesome. Was he a coach for one of your teams? Uh, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I think he's probably coached me from on and off because of going back and forth between like School of Excellences and academies and stuff like that. On and off, been my coach since I was old enough to run around to even at the very end uh, when I was stopping playing, I went to, um, back to one of his semi-pro teams just to uh, play a few games when I was uh, 23, I think was the last time I kicked the really? ball. Really? Um, huh? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did go back and play futsal a few years later, but um, yeah, I couldn't really play um, too much after like 23. So. Was it injuries? What happened? Yeah. Yeah, I've just got like this reoccurring problem with my groin and it just doesn't, I just can't um, keep up the intensity. Yeah, so. that's tough. Those muscle injuries are like, it's not much you can really do about it. If it doesn't go away, you know, then there's, there's nothing you can do yeah. to, to really solve the problem. But uh, no, so yeah, so, so on, on and off, I'm like maybe, I don't know, whenever I first kicked the ball, five to 23. Uh, so. So what was the uh, academy structure like? What, who did you play for outside of your school growing up? Um, my first my first team, I think I was 10 years old. I didn't join a team until I was 10. Um, and uh, that was just a local team. Um, and then that team was just an exceptional team who pretty much won everything. And um, I think like 80% of the team, we did like a – I guess just like a preseason friendlies against a bunch of school of excellences as they were called back in the day, rather than okay. academy. And um, and I think we beat like three out of four of them. And um, and then so Aston Villa like asked a lot of us to go join their school of excellence from the same team. So that team kind of got blown up a little bit. Uh, <laughs> so we all went off to um, to Aston Villa for a little while. Um, I can't really remember how long I was there. Um, and then I uh, went back to a local team. That, uh, and then my dad, because I went back to a local team, he started helping out to coach the team. Um, and then um, pretty much played with local teams up until the ages where it matters when you get to like 13, 14. Um, I was just playing in school on the the county teams, which is, I don't know if it's similar. If there's anything similar over here, basically the the best players on the school team go play for the district, which is a, like a smaller region, and the best players in the district go on to the county, which is like a much larger region, and then the best players in the county then go to England, uh, the England schoolboys. Um, so I played like this. I played district and county throughout the up until I was fifteen. I think is the last year you can do it, um, and then went back to sort of uh, the School of Excellences Academies um, and then tried to make it f- through that route. So the, 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 the school setup was a completely different pathway than the, the School of Excellences or the Academies, rather. Yeah, I mean, the only sort of... Uh, what it did was just obviously get you exposure. Like you couldn't go to like England sort of schoolboy trials and stuff unless you like played gotcha. for the county uh, and things like that. And then only the best ones got selected. So like I never got selected to 
to go to the England schoolboy tryouts, unfortunately. But um, but that's, that's a good level. But then obviously you do get obviously scouts who will watch those county games and then you know um, offer you to go out to trials for their school of excellences, uh, the YTS programs, um, things like that. Most kids in England want to try and make it. I mean, if they're playing yeah. football, like they have a passion for it, as you as you probably know. Um, so yeah, yeah, I mean, most kids are trying to make it. So, but 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 then once you go past high school, which is sixteen, and you go into college, uh, which is the two or three years before university mm-hmm. in England, um, most players, if 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 they're good players, you're then not playing for your college. You're then, if you're playing for your college, you're probably just right. doing it for fun. But you, you know, you're no longer trying to, you know sure, what I mean? Sure, sure. Yeah. So that's kind of what I was trying to understand. Basically, is how that split off at that age. So what what des- yeah. decision, what path did you take at that point? Um, I, well, I um, at that point, I think um, I went out and um, I ended up uh, playing for Warsaw, which is, um, you know, I don't know what league they're in there. At the time, I think they were a division two, I think, in the English okay. tiers, so like tier three. Um, and I was with them for a while, um, probably until... Uh, I can't remember how old I was, and then um, and then I went out to West Brom, uh, West Bromwich Albion, which uh, my dad supports, um, and I was there till uh, I don't know, eighteen, something like that, um, and trying to make it in the in the youth team, in, uh, the reserves, and uh, and there every day, and and trying to. Um, Trying to see if I make, trying to see if I if I can make it. To be honest, to be honest, like I, I said this to one of my friends the other day when we were talking about things like this. Like at that point, I probably didn't actually think I was ever going to make it. I didn't think I was quite good enough. Uh, which, which, as it turned out, um, they let me go, um, and um, and then went obviously back to um, into semi professional football um, when I was you know uh, eighteen. 19 can't remember the exact age uh yeah. <laughs> a long time ago i never made it to the first team i never got any first team games or anything um but um you know i got to experience being around there and, and training with them every day and you know sometimes training with the first team if you're lucky and and being around pros and and just seeing kind of what it takes and you know they get you like i said you do at least one session a day you do gym sessions they have your food ready you know constantly every day all day and um obviously at the same time you're still trying to do get your education done and things like that um just to to make sure but uh no yeah i played at a pretty good level but i didn't i didn't um i never thought i was gonna i I honestly never thought i was gonna make it at that point i don't think like i was trying to but i I, um maybe it's just because of so they were playing me out in a a position that i didn't that i you know i didn't really like um eventually i got released because they uh, they said i wasn't quite they said technically I was as good as anybody, but um, off the ball I wasn't quite um, up to mm. scratch. I think, and uh, and I was like, well, surely you can teach me that, right. like your coaches. Uh, but uh, apparently not. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, just let like me go. That. But, um, oh, yeah, it's just one of the things. You like- know, you got to experience that professional environment. Not a lot of players get to experience that at all. So you got to see, you know really what 
the high, not maybe like the highest, highest level of professional soccer, but pretty close to it. You know, you got to see how uh, players move and how the club operates like behind the scenes. And, and like you said, what it takes to get to that level. So at that point, like surely you had some hope of being able to get to that level. What was it that I guess made you feel that you weren't, you know, quite up to, to par at that time? Yeah, probably just because, um, you know, I wasn't getting in the team. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't um, making it any further. I was just kind of a bit par, you know what I mean? I wasn't, you know, a star. So um, I guess that, I guess just that's the reason why, really. Once, um, once I went back into, like, you know, the non-professional setup, semi-pro, um, I started to do pretty well. I think um, physically I, I, got a bit, I got a lot stronger. Um, and things like that, which helped a lot. Um, and there was a certain point where, you know, a few years later where I definitely thought I was going to make it at least into the, the lower leagues of professional, maybe not premier league or anything like that, but I, I certainly fully believed I was going to make it when I was 21, 22 and, you know, scouts are starting looking and I'm getting some press in papers and stuff like that. I, I then started to think I would, I, I would do well. Um, but uh, unfortunately, things went the way they went. Yeah. So you just never know. So it was really just a confidence thing for you. Like, you know, did you did you always kind of growing up feel like you were at the top of your team? And so that like kind of helped you with your confidence to keep playing at that top level. And then maybe, you know, going into an environment where everyone's at that level. Did it just kind of feel intimidating or, or what do you what do you think you felt about that? Yeah, possibly. I mean, um, I yeah, think, I mean, it's hard to think back right. to what you thought at the time. Um, I so, yeah, I mean, certainly I think it'd be a shock. I mean, I was always, I was always a starter. I, was, I rarely ever was sub, uh, you know, like even like for five minutes on any team I was yeah. ever on, really. Um, I always played in, I guess I used to play out like on, in certain positions, but I always knew my main role. So I guess just a mixture of playing out position and just, you know, not getting a chance to play in my best position. I never thought I was going to, yeah, maybe the, uh, yeah, but maybe the confidence grew yeah. afterwards. I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, definitely like playing out of position is going to affect your confidence. Just not, you know, knowing exactly what spaces to be in, uh, where to move, you know, where, what runs to make, like everything off the ball, like you were saying before, which is yeah. what they, you know, said that you struggled with, obviously you're going to struggle with it if you're playing a position that you're not comfortable with. So, you know, that is unfortunate that you yeah. maybe weren't given a, a proper chance, but that's professional football for you. You know, like they're, they don't really have the time to wait around on people. Like it's cutthroat and sounds like really yeah. experienced. That, that, yeah, that's the thing. I think because obviously when you, the, the development obviously the game's just fun and then as as more pressure builds and you, and you get into that age where you're trying to make it the pressure starts happening development really changes from the professional teams to being about winning um, in like their first teams obviously there's still I mean so many good academies in England now who do a fantastic job and making sure it's about development but um, yeah I think just the um, 
the goals change, yeah. don't they? As as they as you get into a professional setup, I mean, all first team managers now, I mean, they, they just they just need to win. I mean, they lose their job if three weeks yeah. they don't get any results. So you can understand you can understand uh, you know it's a business yeah, at the end of the day. Yeah, they got to win now. So. There's just not enough time, and maybe if you're blessed with yeah. the circumstances of like you know a Man City where they have. Uh, a, a really good first team and then also a lot of good young players coming in like you're afforded a little bit more time but yeah you know whenever your first team is like it needs youth products to to get into the first team and contribute like right away and there's not as much time it makes it hard yeah so yeah, I agree. then you know you said about 21 22 23 you were still playing semi-pro and and felt you had a good chance of getting into some of the lower leagues. Uh, what looks were you getting from different clubs? Uh, yeah, it was just uh, yeah, we just um, in um, in non-league. I mean, it's really hard to to break through, really. And um, it, you know, it's um, it's one of the things where you, you need something to happen to to kind of get noticed, or you need to know people. Um, I think it happens a bit more now, but back then it was a little bit harder. But I think one of the biggest ways that anybody gets noticed back then is is if your team goes on mm. like an FA Cup run. Um, so for anybody that doesn't know the FA Cup, it's I think it's one of the only competitions in the world which uh, professionals compete against semi professionals or uh, even amateurs. I think the lowest the lowest league allowed in the FA Cup in the pre qualifying rounds, I think, is. I think one league below the first semi-pro tier. I can't remember exactly. Um, so if your team goes on a good run and you're getting towards the the FA Cup first round proper, as this called, then uh, people start to come out, especially if you're getting reports in the papers and stuff like that. So I think I was scoring a lot of goals um, in um, in a couple of in, in a couple of good runs in that. But also just in, like I said, in you know the papers in England just report on semi-professional leagues. You know, every week there's highlights, reports, interviews uh, in all the papers. So it's quite different to to hear, really, where there's no real yeah. progression from amateur to semi-pro to, to pro. I, I know you're trying to change that with your club, which is yeah. uh, kudos to you. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I think, um, yeah, just a, mixture, just a mixture of those things just um, helps you kind of get noticed. Um, you know, it, it helps if, um, if, like I said, if you know people. Um, but even then sometimes they're not willing to take a chance on you like uh, my dad knew quite a lot of people as well and uh, I remember once he called up um, Kidderminster Harriers who were a professional team in the in the sort of the, the level right below the football league and and he, he called up the chairman because he knows him and just said listen my kid's good enough to play for you just give him a trial just let him come practice um, and he really? just wouldn't just wouldn't let me um yeah, that was, that was a couple of years earlier. I think I was um, I'd just gone back in. I think it was when I not just got not long got released, and he just um, didn't let me. Uh, and then a couple of years later, actually, they tried to sign me, um, and I just told him no. I said you didn't want to know then. So, uh, so uh, yeah, but uh, <laughs> I mean, maybe I should have done. <laughs> maybe my pride is too uh, too much. But uh, no, I mean, it just there's not many people willing to give people chances if they, you know what I mean? Like you mentioned with the first teams and the youth players, there's very few managers who are willing to bring on the youth and take a, take a chance on people. Um, and everybody's just trying to achieve yeah, their dream. Everyone's they, so. fighting for that dream. So, um, yeah. 
you said you retired at 23 then. Was that just a matter of injury, frustration from lack of opportunity, or what kind of led to that decision? Yeah, it was – so it was basically – it was it was, it was was then when I was having the good run and um, scouts were coming out. Um and some some pretty some pretty big teams. Uh, I can't. I, and, and then I just it, basically I got injured as I was on this run, um, and obviously I was just just stalling people. Like yeah, I'll, I'll be fine. You know, a couple of months I'll be fine, kind of thing. And it just went on and on. And um, and I think I I was out for a, about a year the first time. And then um, some semi pro teams were, were great to me. They they paid for my physic paid for all my physio um, with a view to signing me after like I'm back from, you know, all the rehab and stuff. Um, and then uh, when I came back, I think I was back like maybe a month um, and it happened again. Um, and then I think it was like another six months and then I tried to come back again. Um, and then um at this point, obviously, then the interest in you kind of died off a bit. And I, I, I just, uh, my dad is obviously coaching and I just went to play a few games uh, with his team and stuff. And um, I just, I just didn't, I didn't even look like myself. I didn't feel like myself. I just didn't enjoy it. Um, like I was nowhere near the best player on the field and I just hated it. Um, and um, yeah, I just, I just kind of thought, you know what, well, I think I need to do something different, um, which was uh, <laughs> difficult to say the least. So I wouldn't say <laughs> I retired, but uh, <laughs> but uh, I guess I guess I guess I did. That's I guess what it just is. inadvertently yeah. I did. Um, yeah, it just it just got to a point where I just I, I loved the game so much, and uh, I just uh, I just didn't want I just I didn't want to be I didn't I just felt I looked really bad when I was playing. Maybe I didn't, yeah. but uh, like in a like I said, I, I, I thought at that point I was gonna, I was gonna kick on and, and, and certainly make it into the lower leagues, and then, and then not looking the best in in like lower leagues of semi-professional. Like I just, uh, just didn't like it. Um, yeah, kind of that's lost my totally appetite. understandable. You know, like it, it sounds like you just hold yourself to a really high standard, and and knowing that. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a perfectionist. I, yeah, I, I'm I very critical that, of myself. You know? And it sounds like just, you know, you not being comfortable with not being at your best you know completely turned you off to it entirely was was there any motivation to like yeah to like you know actually work on your body a little bit more to get it into the condition that it needed to be to handle that or were you just like i'm done uh that's about the same time i i started to get into like fitness uh i got my like fitness trainer license personal trainer licenses and stuff like that i mean i did try and get in better shape physically um and, and stuff but um yeah i just i just you, you can just t- you just could tell it just i was never going to be able to I, I was still pretty uh, i was still pretty quick but it was the it was the it was the the there's so much agility yeah. involved and, and twisting and, and and turning in soccer, just that constant um, hip flexion and stuff. Just my groin has just never been the same. Like even to this day, like every now and again, it'll just it just yeah. starts really hurting me for no reason. Uh, I, I play just for fun, just outdoors, just a bit of a laugh with the other coaches and stuff. And and um, 
even then, like sometimes it's yeah, it's a tough area. Cause, I mean, tell. it's right there, like where you pass the ball. You know, it's right on that inside part. Every time you make yeah. contact with the ball or any kind of impact, you're gonna feel it for sure. So, you know, that can. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. So that, yeah. No, I was gonna say so. That's yeah. That's what. That's when I started. Um, just you know, getting into fitness and then just kind of coach and coaching as well. Like I, I thought, well, I'm not playing. Can I coach? Kind of thing. Maybe like maybe I'll enjoy it. Um, so that's kind of the point when I just decided to switch yeah, it up a so little bit. Then you were kind of just all into you know the personal training and the coaching at that point. Did you go and try to get your badges right away or? did you just kind of like, you know, dip your toes in it and slowly go down that path? Yeah, I think, again, if I remember properly, I think I did, uh, I did my level one at my FA football association level one. And I did it uh, because my, one of my best friends um, still to this day, um, he was out in America coaching um, and he knew I was struggling. Like, and I just, I was just like, just unhappy and stuff like and he was just like just come out to america just get your coaching license come out to america and have a bit of fun and and just see if you enjoy coaching and and whatnot so uh yeah that's what that's what i did basically that's that's why i came out here the first time just to get away have some fun learn how to coach a little bit um that was back in 2008 okay so this is actually your second trip here Uh, no, I've been back and forward, uh, like For three times, I think. Um, I've, I've constantly, got, yeah, well, I've, I've like, I've been out here and then I've gone right. back to get more qualifications, came back. Um, I had a bad experience a little bit the second time. And then, so then I thought I was never coming back again, but then an opportunity came up. And have you been in Dallas the whole time so, or have you been in different areas? Um, Uh, 2008 i came out to dallas it's the first place i came um i was meant to be going out to connecticut like where my where my one of my best mates was but um me and uh, another one of my mates were coming out uh, the company called us and said um we need people to come out early to, to, but we need them to go to dallas do you guys fancy it we'll, we'll keep you together if you, if you come out now and uh, as we we're first time we're going out and we're best mates we're like yeah we'll just go out there and um to this day, it's probably the best decision I ever made, to be honest, because it was such a good experience, such a good year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so Dallas kind of um, just became like a, yeah. a place I really Who enjoyed. Who did you the, work for that, that first year? Okay. Oh, uh, that was MLS camps. So it used to be. So was it just pretty seasonal, big, I think, or was it? Yeah, it was just. Um, yeah, we came out. I think in fair, but we went home in. November, we did uh we did so we did um, camps all over, like in the summer. I think uh, in that year maybe did oh, like really? twelve states or something like that doing camps. Yeah, we did. So we spent like seven months in Dallas, but then about maybe like three months across yeah all sorts of states. I mean, we made so many friends across the states, different families that are still in touch with to this day. Um, it was a really uh, good experience, uh, and obviously I was I was yeah. a lot younger then, twenty four, so I was having a good awesome. time. <laughs> that does sound like an so. awesome experience, and especially you know yeah. you kind of making the transition from playing yeah. into coaching, from living in one country to living in a different at that age. Like, hey, that you got to take up that opportunity for sure. So you you that was a year that you spent with yeah. the organization. I, yeah, and then. Um, 
what happened and I'm, I'm again i try to remember the exactly what it, when i did things but so i did that and then i think uh and then i then i stayed at home i decided to to get more coaching badges i enjoyed the coaching that that first year was you know it was like it, it was good for the it was good to learn the coaching and and just to see if i enjoyed it but obviously it was a lot of just having fun like i was a young kid who was unhappy a little bit at home and and uh, stuff like that so we had a good time but then I went back and I got like my level two. Um, and I think before I went out, I was just a fitness instructor. And then I think when I went back, I got my level two. I got my personal trainer's license um, as well. Um, and then I think I did that just, I think if I came back out, I might have earned more yeah. money, I think, if I was level two rather than level one. Because they, they, paid, they paid you peanuts. Um, and then I, I didn't come back out until I was just working in England and, um, stuff like that in the gyms and and coaching part time. You can't really coach full time in England. That well, it's, it's difficult to do. Um, and then and then I came back out. I think in two thousand and eleven, I think, and I was in Chicago that year, summertime. Uh, traveled around a bit. Um, that was a different year because then that was the first year I was actually working with club teams. I wasn't I wasn't doing the camps anymore. I was the only guy in Chicago. Okay. I was doing. I was just working with teams. Um, so that was a different experience because I was more coaching. I was on my own for a lot of that. Uh, long drives. I used to have to drive an hour and a half, I think, to get to one practice. Uh, but I did get to look at the Chicago skyline <laughs> nice on the way back, which was amazing. But, uh, yeah. But that, so that was good because that was my first experience with teams and actually, like, doing more serious coaching uh, besides the stuff I'd done in England. Uh, but it was my first, like, team experience out here which 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 was good um and then uh, so i was there for a year and then um and then i decided to go back and get my degree uh because i hadn't actually gone to university yet so um went back home and got my and got my um so i've got a sports coaching diploma and i've got a uh a, a bachelor's in sports coaching science um i got my UEFA B at that time as well um during those three years. Um, I became a certified nutritionist, I think, as well, during that time. So I was just doing a lot of things. Um, and then, um, and, and then, so if, if um, you've got more chance mm. of getting a long-term visa, if you have, like, a degree. I don't know if you know that, like, being an English lad coming to America. If you don't have a, a degree, a bachelor's, you're not, you're not going to get a long-term visa over here. So, um, and then I came back out again um, to uh, work for someone who I thought was going to help me have a long-term career here. And unfortunately, that didn't work out. Um, I went sideways very quickly. Um, I was war. Okay. No, that was in uh, Ohio, um, out in Dayton. Um, so I went to a place that just I was told there was a guy who's he's got his own company there and he's looking for someone who's mm -hmm. going to be like the second the second guy and helping build and grow the company. Um, and he, you know, I went at the first couple of weeks I got there, some other guy, uh, some quite big, quite a big coaching guy in the area, just like warned me about, about the guy I'd come out and work for. And I was, I was like, Oh, that don't sound great. <laughs> uh, but obviously you're given the benefit of the doubt. You don't really know him yet. And as it turned out, it just, uh, yeah, a lot of the, a lot of the things he promised me just didn't, didn't come to fruition. And, um, Luckily, another another English guy saw me coaching and um, saw my CV and 
offered me a job at his club when he was director of coaching and he managed to sort of get me out of the deal they had with the other guy. But um, I basically paid him some of my wages just to get away from him and work with a club team down in Cincinnati. So it was quite an interesting yeah. uh, so experience. Really, there. What it sounds like is, you know, after that <laughs> first little go round in America, that kind of turned you on to the coaching and you're like, okay, I'm going to get serious about this. And you spent a lot of time just getting your certifications to just make sure that you were, you know, well qualified for any position that you wanted really. And, and now you're starting to kind of, you know, break into the scene a little bit more here in the States. So after transitioning from, you know, that one organization to, the club, do you get your own teams at this point? Yeah, so it was the club I was working for was called uh, King's Hammer, and they're uh, one of the bigger ones out in Cincinnati slash Kentucky. They work right on the border. Um, but, um, yeah, so uh, so he brought me out there and he got me working with uh, some girls' teams. I think I had three, three girls' teams and um, a great guy. I'm yeah. so grateful to him for getting me out of the situation I was in. Um, and then, uh, but it was, but the problem was it was, I knew it was only going to be short lived perhaps because my mm. visa was obviously still through the other guy and, um, yeah. like getting visas, you know, it's difficult. Um, so, um, it was basically just sort of running down the clock on my visa and just, you know, learning, um, from him and, and the club and just, again, like you said, just, I, I really love coaching at this point. Um, love the relationships you build, especially with girls' teams. Like it's it's phenomenal how well they just start to trust you and 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 care about you and stuff. Um, and then um, so I was just kind of just ticking down the just waiting and then um, kind of thinking I'd never probably come back again. Um, so after my visa ran out, I went back home um, and um, started trying to you know coach at in England instead. Um, uh, you know, and trying to do what I can there whilst working as a personal trainer and uh, had my own nutrition business, coaching nutrition to adults. Um, and, um, yeah, I started working for some clubs and... Um, Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And then I was living in Manchester, so I, you know, I'd applied for jobs at Man United, City, um, Blackburn, like a few other teams in the area. Oh, Eventually, wow. I got a job with Man City, um, um, and so I was working with them in their youth system, uh, in the academy, in, the, in their city schools programs, uh, just with the the younger ages. Um, but they're again, like you mentioned earlier, just the, just to see in you know, just to work at the academy and in that um, environment, their um, academy facility is just, I mean, must, if it's not the best in the world, like it's, that'd be amazing. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, and it's a real, it's a real family club. Like they'll, they'll fire a licensed coaches if they're not 
doing the right things. Like it's not about the qualifications there. Like, I mean, I've, I've got UEFA B, but I mean, like it, they would much higher a level one rather than someone who's just not going to, you know, uh, be held accountable for the things that they really believe in. So it's a good club. And, and then, um, so I was going to, they actually offered me a position to go work out in China and obviously being a man who I guess now has opened up to new experiences and stuff, I was going to go do that. Um, they have like a big program out in China uh, with the Chinese government trying to basically just, you know, develop soccer in the, in the country. Um, and um, it, it got to the program, got delayed. Um, and it, and it kind of got delayed a couple more times. So I was kind of just kind of hanging around waiting for it. And, um, and I noticed that um, Liverpool, America needed coaches. And so I just messaged a couple of friends who worked for them and, and said, you know, I'm meant to be, I'm working for City, I'm meant to be going out to China, but obviously, if you can get me a visa, you know, I can, America might be more of a long-term thing, because it's so hard to make it in America, in, in England as a coach, because there's A-licensed jobs where you earn, like, nothing, like peanuts, um, and unless you get into that professional game, which could take forever, and I'm, at this point, I'm already, like, you know, over 30 or whatever, so it's... um this and then um yes that's, that's awesome. when i tried to pursue yeah, that I instead know that, you know obviously with pep coming in city just put you know tons of money into their new youth academy the training center um what year were you working with him uh what year did i come back out here uh, uh what we on there 20 2016 okay. i think 15, six, like 15, 16, yeah, that like was, sort of that, that crossover was that period, over, I think. wasn't it? Uh, roughly. Okay. Yeah, it was, a, it was a year Pep came, yeah. I was there just before, I was there just before. Um, wait, uh, like a few months before, and then Pep came in. And then That's I was there awesome. a few months later, and then came back over there. What was yeah. the, the, the transitional period like? Did you <laughs> feel a sense of like the culture changing within the youth academy as well? Um, you know, a little bit. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, I guess be, being there for only a sort of a, a few months uh, after afterwards, I guess yeah. that probably didn't really come into play that much. You know, you start to, um, you know, the technical director who deals with a lot all the, the youth academy stuff, you know, you start to see little things happen for sure. But um, this, I mean, the setup was interesting. Like it was basically from five years old all the way up until the first team, like the session structures are pretty much the same. Um, it's very, very basic, very simple sessions. Um, I mean, in terms of its, its structure and organization, obviously the level of detail is changes a lot from the younger ones to the older ones, but it's still, it's just the same structure. That, yeah. like it so always starts with a certain thing, always ends with a certain thing. For you guys to follow as Yeah, yeah, um, and it's just not this, not the, not the things you have to do, but just the structure of it. So like the there's always like a like a, an activation exercise at the start, and then there's always a rondo. Yeah, um, as you probably imagine being Pep, and then uh, there's always like the you know the mm -hmm. the unopposed the unopposed game kind of thing, um, and then you know just those kind of things. Um, but I mean to be honest, the the most amazing part of of the whole thing, and I say this a lot to people. 
is that the rivalry between clubs in England is so big that you no red is allowed anywhere inside really? of Manchester City facilities. So like you can't oh, yeah like if, you can't even have a you red just coat. Mean the color red. <laughs> red t- red shirt. Wow. Nothing. Yeah, the color. Yeah, oh. you, just because of Man United, like you can't you can't have any red in the entire building. Like yeah, yeah that's awesome. Uh, which is what that's I found awesome. the, the best part of it all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, just, it's just that it's that intense. Um, yeah. What what ages were you uh, so, working yeah. specifically during your time there? Uh, it was just, uh, 10, 9, 8, yeah, okay. uh, yeah, just those, 7, seven so through 10, in really. in terms of, like, the structure, you yeah. know, everything was pretty much laid out for you, but you had the freedom to decide, you know, kind of what particular phase of the game that you want to work on with, with your particular group? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, there's there is like a structure to, again, like a structure to follow. Um, but it's um, it's just, I guess, uh, you know, leeway inside of there to kind of coach how how you want to coach as long as you're following yeah. their kind of structures. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. So, like, just like this, the same as most teams would. To be honest, there's nothing. I mean, there's nothing groundbreaking about it. It's just um, like I said. I think the biggest thing for me going there was just. Uh, the, obviously, the soccer is meant to be simple and um, it can get overcomplicated an awful lot. And I think that just um, made me remember again, just, you know, if they're, if they're keeping things this simple, then, you know, there's no need for, you know, all this complicated thing, especially with the, especially with the young kids. Like, you know what I mean? Like the young kids, um, like, like no passing, like really, like in up till like nine, I think. Like it's, it's all dribbling. 1v1s, yeah. passing is kind of a natural progression that they just do on their own. Um, you know, so it was good. It, like, I mean, I loved it. It was a great experience. Um, um, but, um, yeah, and then in the end, I just, um, it, you know, it's just it's just so difficult to move up. And, and even if you do, like, it's, you know, if you're trying to make it a career, you at least want to earn decent money and you just why can't in think, England. It's, um, why do you it's think that impossible. is? Why, why is there no money like in coaching? It's There's just, obviously money in the game, so why isn't it trickling down to the coaches at all? It, it just doesn't in, in the youth setups um, or anything. It's I think it's my opinion, of, and it's the same here, yeah. and I think even, even worse here because of the pay-per-play model. Like, I don't think... Uh, yeah. coaching is viewed as a, as a proper job like you know what I mean? you know what I mean like there's no other profession here where people would pay you money to teach their their son or daughter something <laughs> and then constantly tell you how to do it like like you know, like it's not a real job like I and I can tell them from experience it's yeah. one of the most difficult jobs anybody can ever have there's so it's so much goes beyond just oh yeah the coaching art you know it's you're so many different things. You're so many different things to these kids, and and for and I guess it's worse here because people think, well, if I've got some and skin in this game, the then I have a right to say there. something. As long as, but you know, that's gonna. I was just gonna say, as yeah, long as at least in play, it, you know, that's sorry, that's, that's going to be a problem for for coaches and just for this U.S. system in general. Yeah, true. But I mean, I, but I'm fine with that now. I'm just, you know, I've, I've, like I've been here now long enough where I've, I've learned a few things and, 
And I'm now, I had a conversation with one of the parents on my team the other day. Like, I'm now just like, you know, I try to build that trust with the parents. You know, a lot will get it, some won't. Uh, it gets to a point where, you know, that parent just who doesn't get it is is affecting the environment and the rest of my team. Then, then that parent, whether that's their kid's you... a superstar or not, just needs to move on. Yeah, that's um, all you can do. You know, you know it's just, you, it's just, just it's what it is. It, it is good because, like you said, you have to work on the shit more with as well, which maybe in other environments, more professional environments where you don't have to have as much interaction with the parent, that's not developed as much and so the trust isn't there as much but um you know the trust is definitely an important thing and i think to really get the most out of our kids we've got to have that you know third wheel in the equation as well which is the parent you know if we can get them on our side and like really you know reinforcing our message then then you're going to see you know their development just increase much much faster if they're not on your side, then not only are you not making that additional progress, yeah. but they're actually like working against you. So, you know, it is a challenging thing, but yeah, that's, that's all you can really do. And then yeah. if it's just not working out and like you said, you just, you just gotta, you just gotta cut ties or it's going to ruin the the whole vibe with the rest of the team. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. It's uh it's a difficult one, but like I said, it's um, it's just it's part and parcel with the role. I think, you know, but I just feel like coaching is is is, and there's very few professions where basically you've sold yourself, and then you've yeah. got to keep selling yourself every single day for the rest of the year. Like you know, like there's not many perfect. You know, if someone tries to sell some software or a service or whatever it is, there's not many jobs or roles where you've continuously got to do that every single day. Like if you don't stay on top of your top of your game, like you know, like you said earlier, like you're in a like each summer, mm-hmm. there's just like a battle for players. Yeah, and it just and shouldn't. That applies. What shouldn't you're saying, be like even that. Even at the but, highest uh, level too. Yeah. like you said, you know, the 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 managers in in first teams have exactly, sometimes yeah. two months to figure it out, and if they don't figure it out in that amount of time, they're not getting results right away. Then it's on to the next. Like that's not even like that's not even realistic. Yeah. You can't expect anyone to get results yeah. in that amount of time, but yeah, I mean, that's just, that's exactly. just how it is. Yeah. Yeah. They get the joy of a $5 million payoff though, if they get fired early, Definitely, <laughs> which is, like which, which is a good, it's a good way to lose your job. So tell me <laughs> more about then the transition yeah. you made back to Dallas for the third time to America? Uh, yeah, so like I said, I, I spoke to a couple of my friends who um, who worked for Liverpool, America, um, who were obviously now BVB. Um, and um, they just, they were, they were you know, they, I saw the needy coaches and I just, I messaged them just on an off chance and just said, you know, is there any chance this role could, you could get a visa for this person? And, and um, at first, I didn't think they were going to do it because, you know, they'd been kind of burned in the past with visas and stuff. Um, but um, we managed to, uh, through the help of um, my friends who I knew and then speaking with Tom Blenko, who, uh, who helped me come out here, um, it was basically they said, you know, we'll bring you out here. Uh, we'll see if you do a good job and, um, and we'll just go from there. Um so I came out and I just um 
started coaching just like you know just loads of different teams um different age groups you know girls boys just kind of seeing if i if i was a good coach and if i was a good fit and stuff like that um and then you know luckily they agreed they wanted to try and get me a visa um and they managed to get me a couple of year visa to to come out here which um I'm forever grateful for because my life's completely different. You know, it's changed now. Obviously, a lot's gone on um, since then. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm married as well now. Um, so, like, uh, you know, I'm, thank you. <laughs> uh, and um, so, yeah, that, so that kind of was um, a mixture of again, like, like early. So you kind of, you always kind of need to know people a little bit. And luckily, I knew a couple of guys from my time in 2008 who still who work for Liverpool. Um, and who just basically, you know, said, you know, bring him out here. He's a great coach. He's a he's a good guy. Um, and um, and yeah. So then, I, so then I was, you know, with them until what last? Uh, I think we've been at. I think I've been at Titans now a year. But I had a great time at Liverpool. Like when I came out there, they, you know, forever grateful for Peter for bringing me out here to start with. Um, he, uh, we had one. I had one team when I after a, maybe like a couple of months of being out here. I think they. They gave me the 09 boys, which um, I still have right now uh, to this day. A lot of the same kids. Um, and then you know, I grew that 09 boys into, I think, four teams. Um, I handed off two of them to other coaches. Um, I, I, I had two of them myself. I still have those two teams at Titans. Uh, different players, obviously, as, as the years have gone by. Uh, as, but... Um, and then, you know, I had the 09s and then Tom uh, Blenko um, gave, uh, passed these 02s to me um, at some point, a little, bit, little while later. Um, so then I had two teams um, and I, mean, I, was, I was still like covering, you know, other coaches and stuff and just working with different teams and, and whatnot. Um, and then and then, um, and then Nick Suter passed me one of his teams, uh, one of these 06 boys teams. Um, so then I, you know, I had three teams, and then at this point, I think I then I built more of nine teams. So then I had four teams. So um, yeah, and I think that's the maximum I think of teams you can have. Like it gets a bit um, for some for someone who like me is a perfectionist and and really is committed to it. And and my level of communication with the teams I think is, I'm sure parents, if they're listening, would agree it's second to none. Um, they um, it gets you know four is a lot to really. Any more than four, like yeah, you just wouldn't be able to do it, obviously, uh, with the time constraints. But um, yeah, so I had those four teams. Is I mean, it's a great experience. I oh, uh, won awesome. Coach of the Year at Liverpool the first year I was there. Um, so that was that was you know that was really really grateful for that as well. Um, it was difficult to leave them. Obviously, the whole situation happened, but um, it was just um, yeah. time for me to move on to so, the Titans. Um, you know, uh, the four teams but, uh, at this point, the same four teams. Yeah, four teams. Oh, two oh nines, oh sixes, and oh twos. So I, you know, I had, yeah, I took those four teams. Um, gotcha, uh, gotcha. Those, those yeah, four teams moved with me over teams to, tough to, to manage. You know, I have, I've gotten my situation. Uh, down to just one team that I coach and and manage, of course, you know, like that. That for me is like about all I can handle because I know that I wouldn't be able to give a second team that same amount of energy. You know what I mean? So, 
Yeah, you're right. Anything. Yeah. There's some coaches like you know that have five, six, seven teams. It's like, you know, maybe they have managers that help out, but then they're not even. Yeah, it's ridiculous. (laughs) Why why are you even doing this? You know, it's not like you're anything out of it. It's not like the kids are getting anything out of it. So yeah, really, it could only for the check, the extra check you get. Yeah. And that, that's what I think. It, that's what I think. Then it comes down to, and other coaches who I've coached against have just openly said that to me, and and I've prided myself on not taking more players than more than anything is good for playing time. Um, yeah, I mean, for for someone like yourself, obviously, you, you know, you're running a club, so for you, yeah, definitely, like one, two teams, like yeah, any more than that, then you're not being able to dedicate your time to the to the things you need to do. For, for, for me, when I was just coaching, like four teams. Um, you know, it, it's fine. I mean, now now I'm uh, with Titans and I'm a sports performance director uh, and on the nutrition side of things for Sting and Titans. Sure. Like that obviously adds t- that obviously has more time and work commitment. So ideally now, ideally now I'd probably want one less team for sure. But um, I didn't want, and I could have done that. They they gave me the option to take away teams, but um, those teams had just moved with me, and I'm. I'm you know, again, loyalty is a thing I pride myself on as well in terms of to the parents because, you know, they've been loyal to me and I'm not just going to, you know, move to a new club and then just give those teams up because yeah. they're committed to me as well. And so, you know, I want to be committed to them as well. So, so um, yeah, so this year has been, um, it's been busy, but it's so been... So sport um, performance is a new role good, that you've you know? taken on. Tell me um, more about that and kind of what that, that, uh, that adds to your daily routine. Yeah, so so there's um so we're pretty fortunate that like uh, the club, Sting and Titans and, uh, and their owners and directors are really wanting to um, use mine and and Rick Hadwick's skill set. And Rick does um so Rick's sports performance director as well, but he's in charge of mental skills, um, and and I'm nutrition, and um, so we kind of wanted to just be like a club who really is developing the whole player and not just the technical side of the game. So obviously in terms of just in terms of nutrition, like if your daily nutrition is, is, is not right. I mean, you could have great talent, but if if you don't even have the energy to perform in a game, um, then obviously it's very difficult. And a lot of these kids are saying they want to make it to the professional level and whether they will or not is, you know, it's very difficult, but um, at least we can try and help prepare them in the right way. Uh, and I, like like I mentioned earlier, like I've got experience of obviously seeing how that looks, and then obviously in professional setups now. Um, oh, how long? Is, I mean, go back ten years probably when it first started to sports nutrition really started to really, you know, open up sports science departments specifically for nutrition in clubs. So every every club now is is really focused in on it. And um, so yeah, so what what we do is we uh, we do workshops with the kids, with the parents. Um, I do webinars with our other re- our other regions because um, obviously we've got quite a few different regions um, in Texas, Pennsylvania, and different areas where we we go over th- go over nutrition. So just um, and just trying to basically just teach them all the you know the game day nutrition, the just the day to day nutrition. Um, and just all in the internet a bit. Um, so far this year, we've just we've started to just mm-hmm. 
like drip feed that information in and just trying to get the basic info down. Um, going forward, we've got a few things planned to to um, make that an even better program to to help them. Um, the hardest challenge with it though is is the fact that um, you know it's it's something where like uh, so these past few weeks I've been while we've been doing these um, you know in, in the lockdown I've been doing nutrition webinars with a bunch of different teams on the string and tight end sides and and whatnot and um, and the kids are very receptive to it they enjoy it um, oh, they use like an interactive software and stuff to make it a bit more fun because nutrition yeah. Set, yeah not necessarily the most you know uh, entertaining subjects for a, you know a kid to listen listen to but uh, so we're trying to make it like in a fun way as well but um, um, it's just you know we can we can we can do it with the kids all we want but the parents uh, you know there's no 13 year old kid going out and buying their own groceries and cooking their own meals so at least not many so it's so really it's a, it's a, we really need the parents to get to really get behind it and um, and help and for me I'm doing it just because my passion turned into nutrition quite a few years ago alongside coaching uh, alongside soccer um, just because of just you know the lifestyle now the obesity rates is such a big killer like I, I hate seeing you know the obesity rising especially in, in especially in the youth and soccer is such a great way to to stay in shape um you know, so that's what that's why. Yeah. So it's, it's great for me to get to do yeah, it because I, mean, I really, it's definitely I really enjoy important. it. Passion you know, you have so. to give these players every uh-huh. advantage you can possibly give them, and that's obviously a huge advantage. You know, nutrition is probably you know the 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 foundation of everything else you do physically. So, like if you like you said before, if you're training and you know doing all that and you're getting your fitness in, but then you have a bad diet it's going to cancel it out. So you have to be able to like understand what's good and what's bad. And that, you know, at that age, it doesn't mean like you don't eat any candy, you know, but it's just understanding how to make the right decisions. And sounds like that's kind of the, the foundation you're looking to instill in them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like I said, we, we're just starting with a, small things and just trying to lay the foundation as you do in coaching really. And then um, we'll, we'll see what it turns into, but uh, I guess I've got a, f- a few plans and we discussed, new, you know, new ways of, uh, of doing things. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's, it's good. I, I enjoy, enjoy doing, I enjoy I love discussing it, it with the kids. And, and, so, you know, um, I just have a few questions before we wrap up this episode. The first one was just kind of, what are what are the next steps for you? You know, what are you looking to do with Titans with the the role that you're in? You know, what where do you see yourself in a year, five years, ten years down the line? Yeah, um, I guess like uh, you know, I certainly want to do more qualifications. Um, I'm actually um, I've actually applied for a master's in um performance nutrition which um i've yeah. been accepted on i'm just deciding whether i've got the the funds for it uh and whether i do it now or a bit or you know a bit later on uh so you know i plan to do that um and then um you know u.s licenses last year another 
you know, passion of mine is eventually I'd want to, you know, be a coach, educator, technical director or something like that. But um, when I reached out to obviously the US system, like you need a B license to start doing, um, you know, like a, even just the grassroots courses or whatever. Um, but obviously, and I obviously think because I've got a UA for B, it's, you know, I thought it'd be okay, but no, you have to go into the US system. So, um, so at some point I probably want to, go into the u.s system and i think i when i listened to one of your other podcasts you mentioned about yeah it maybe annoyed you to you know to get badges that perhaps you'd already got or something like that uh but uh so i'm, I'm kind of the same like luckily i can jump to the b uh because i've got my way for b but um again it's like a lot of money which i don't necessarily need it for anything right now like you know i don't like it's it's not as highly recognized as a for b so like it's one of the things where but i do want to get in the american system because obviously I'm in America and it's good to know how, how are they trying to do things over here? And, and, um, you know, so one of those probably, so I'll probably try and do those. And then with the club, just, you know, just try and work my way up further and, um, just be, just become a big part of what we're trying to, uh, build in the club. And, um, especially on, you know, on the Titan side where obviously I'm, co- I'm only coaching on the Titan side at the minute. Um, but, um, you know, yeah, just trying to, Again, just keep trying to help us grow. I think we've done a great job the first year. Um, yeah, it seems like yeah, what you guys just are doing is helping some way thing. to I like, continue you know, that. You, know? you guys collaborate as a coaching team, you know, a lot. That's that's something that uh, is super important. And really, that's coaching education right there. You know, so uh, getting the formal certifications is, is important. You know, it's good just to establish that credibility. And obviously you're going to learn something from it. Like, you know, you wanting to get all your U S certifications makes sense. Like, because you're going to get something out of it. It's only going to help you. Um, And, but at the same time, you can get a lot of that experience and that, you know, education, you can get that knowledge from just working with the people around you, you know, and just doing it intentionally. So I like that you guys do that. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's probably that's probably the best thing about that's probably the best that's probably well that's one of the main reasons why I'm here. Like why because you know, I, I know every other coach is is of this this the same or a very similar mindset where we're all doing this for the kids. It's about development. We much we much you know, we much more prefer to see the kids develop than we do see us win without development. Um and we're all just trying to just get better as coaches really and really affect the kids. Cause as we, I think we discussed, it's, you know, it's winning over here, over development. And it's just, and I think your, your club yeah, and yourself, to speak to in best, the past, you're That's pretty much similar mindset about, as well, you know, I think as us. So, you know, just trying to then inspire, you know, the, yeah. the, the people we exactly. lead and interact with to also pursue their own personal best. So it's all you can really do at the end of the day. Um, so looking back yeah. you know, on your story, what are the biggest challenges you faced yeah. and what did you do to overcome them? Um, challenges. I mean, I must admit outside, outside of soccer, my, you know, my life has been pretty comfortable. I think, you know, <laughs> you know, I got a great family and stuff. I've been, you know, I've had no issues or anything outside of that. Um, 
just I guess just changing the path that I you know from being 20 21 22 and and really starting to think I was going to make it as a you know in the game and then just having to change course and, and think about what I, to, what I wanted to do next and different from from coaching uh, uh, from playing and I guess just um probably a bigger challenge than I ever realized now talking back to you about it today um just having to switch from playing to coaching and then just I think just you just got to get out of your comfort zone like I am right now like I mean I, I probably when I listen to this back you probably hear me at times probably you can tell in my voice that I yeah certain things I just I don't I just don't like talking about myself that much uh so I think just when I changed from playing to coaching was just completely out of my comfort zone a little bit I remember the first session I ever did and uh, even as a as a good player, like I, I just um, definitely felt outside of me because I wasn't a very mm. I'm a pretty you know introverted guy. Like I I don't you know what I mean. Like I've so I think that, I think that was just a big challenge, just to, um, trying to develop I guess skills that I don't necessarily had in the game. Like I didn't communicate very well um, whilst I was playing. Like it a lot of the things that I know coach are things that I've noticed that I didn't do in the past. Yeah, and I try yeah. and make sure kids do them now because I realize now how important they were. You know what I mean? Did, uh, so I, I, so I probably I rambled on there and I don't know if I answered you properly. Basically you're saying but, uh, <laughs> there you everyone's go. got their own strengths, right? Everyone has different skill sets. But in order to be successful, maybe you might have to have a skill set that you don't currently possess. Whatever it is you're trying to be successful at. So you got to learn that skill set. And the only way to learn it is to just dive into it. So yeah. like you obviously coming onto this podcast, you just did it. Like you just, you're going to do it. And, and that's how you get better from it. That's the same way that I jumped into doing these podcasts. Like it's not something that I've done before. It's not necessarily something that I'm comfortable with, but you know, the more that I do yeah. it, the more comfortable that I'm, that I'm going to get and the better my communication will get, which is going to help me to, uh, which is going to help me in, in other areas of, of life as well, of coaching too. So um, obviously communication is, is a big part of it. And, uh, and so, yeah, I could definitely yeah. relate to that. And I think a lot of people listening can as well. When you, when people face some of those challenges though, why do you think they typically fail? Yeah. Um, it's a good question. I mean, thinking I mean thinking back um, I think it's just a fear maybe just the the fear of of maybe failing or if you're someone like myself who who's always put those high expectations on yourself I guess yeah that fear that fear of failure mm. um, which maybe not being good at whatever you're trying to you know whatever you're trying to go into um, I, th yeah. I think is a, is probably from experience, yeah, it's probably the biggest thing for me, I guess. Just doing something like um, you don't know if you're going to be good at or not, you know? So what is your definition of greatness? Yeah. Uh, I mean... Like in what context? Like, I would say in any, in any exactly? way you want to interpret it. In know, what, like in what, in what context? Personal greatness or you know, on more of a, uh, okay. a social level of greatness. 
where people look at you as great. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, I just think um, mm -hmm. someone who, who, who can inspire somebody else. Um, someone who, you know, can, I guess, just change the way others think or perceive to, you know, the perceived beliefs or just kind of, yeah, just maybe it just inspires them to just do things that they wouldn't already or just leave something like a coach perhaps who, uh, you know, yeah. who um, leaves like lasting memories on, on, on the people they coach. Um, you know, they'd, they'd be a great coach, someone who, who's inspired the love of the nice. game. I love it. Yeah. To, I mean, that's to the players. What perhaps. The is. Someone um, yeah. Someone who inspires, you know, motivate or, or encourage someone to be or do something that they couldn't have done on their own, you know? So just being that, being that light for people. And that's not something that necessarily is yeah. noticed. You know, people don't, uh, people don't necessarily see that on the outside, but it's just more something that I guess, is accepted by the people around you that know you. Cool. I love, I love it. Good answer. Um, so what piece yeah. of advice would you give to your younger self? Yeah. Maybe, you know, when you were just getting into football at a young age or making the transition from playing to coaching or even, you know, moving from England to the U S Um, I get. I guess, like just mentioned, just to, just to the people in general, just to, who's, uh, you know, who's kind of, I guess, more introverted and quiet. Um, you know, just to don't be afraid to just do it. You know, um, some of the biggest decisions I ever made, like coming out here, was probably the best thing I ever did, and it was definitely a scary thing to do. Um, and it and it opened up opened my eyes up to a a whole lot of things and I think it made me a better person to be fair so yeah just go out and do it um I don't know advice to young coaches um just you know don't be afraid to let kids play um you know either just if you you know if your session's going wrong and you're new to coaching and and you're struggling with it and it's not going how you plan just just let them play just just you know, always have a always have a game field set up on the outer edge, and just if something's not going right, just just tell them ten minutes free play, go play, and just think about what you need to do next, how you can change things, um, and just um, remember that it's um, the game's meant to be fun. Like it's the game changes as you get older and as you get to a more yeah um, different stages of the game, shall we say from amateur to professional like it's the game gets less and less less and less fun if, if um so just these kids just need to have fun right now like um for all the you know the teams yeah. out here where it's just I mean, all about winning um it just makes no sense that's uh, great that's great me. well um, gavin uh i really enjoyed hearing but, your story yeah. man and you shared some a very unique perspective on your your development as a player, as a coach, and shared some nice little insight there. So it was really good to have this chat. I'm glad that you decided to do it, and hopefully we can do it again sometime soon.
Yeah, yeah that's appreciate it, Sean. Yeah, it's a little bit out of your comfort zones, like a like a first ever job interview, isn't it? <laughs> when yeah. you uh, you know, you, you don't want to talk about your strengths, and they ask you what weaknesses you have and things like that. But uh, no, it was, it was good. I enjoyed it. So um, yeah, anytime. For anyone that I'm wants to get to in touch with you or leave feedback, you how can they do that? Uh, my uh, my contact info is on okay. the Sting Titans website. Um, my bio is on there. It's got my email. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and stuff. Uh, maybe maybe uh, don't call me unless I know you. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Anybody can call me anyway. Um, I'm quite open like that. But uh, yeah, no, I've got that um, email on there. And yeah, if it, like, like I said earlier, like um, I really do help. Uh, like helping people about nutrition awesome. and, and just soccer in general. So if anybody ever wants to reach out, yeah, to whether you're in so that club or not, go on to um, the, the Sting Titans Club so. website and all that information will be there for Gavin Mole. Uh, definitely do leave us your feedback. That's very much valued. You know, we can, that'll help us to improve the show and, and make it more enjoyable for you guys. So again, Gavin, thanks for your time. I got one last question for you though, before we wrap up. You ready for what message would you like to leave these people with? Go for it. Yeah. There it is. Uh, you heard it here first. Subscribe. Go subscribe. Very simple message. Hit that like button, <laughs> share it, you know, help us spread this message and, uh, and more specifically Gavin's story. So Gavin, thanks again, my man. Uh, everyone else listening. Thank you for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed it, and we'll catch you next time. Peace. Appreciate it.